Swung on, fly ball, hit the deep center field. Williams goes back! I just wanted to have a conversation. We're sitting here with the fifth graders, with the fifth grade team here at Pudong Elementary School. And they have been blogging now since, when did we start this? When? November. November. We started with ELG, right? We started with ELG and we decided that that wasn't good. That was causing all kinds of CPU uh, problems. And that was because of the scripting that was running. So we've moved over to WordPress and um, every teacher now has a WordPress blog. And all of the students have their WordPress blog on our WordPress MU site. And so I just wanted to have a conversation about how you're using blogging in your classroom. Uh, we've spent uh, half the day today setting up your blog, looking at bringing in some other RSS feeds and how to do some stuff like that. And uh, so I just wanted to just have a conversation about blogging, how you see it fitting into your classroom. Um, has it changed the way you've taught any? Has it changed conversations with your kids, with your parents? Or is it just all a big waste of time and I'm blowing smoke? I think the students have really benefited from the blogging for their own knowledge and their own empowerment and getting their work out to a wider audience. But the audience isn't really participating as well as we had hoped. Mm. And especially the, the initial, not initial, the uh, something audience, the immediate? immediate audience of their parents who you would think would be straight on to that. And they've already had a bit of a precursor to this with the podcasting and weekly stuff. And I don't think they're probably ever listening to that. You've just got a couple of keen parents who listen to it, but the rest of them haven't got the time or energy and yeah. aren't going there. So how do you think we overcome that? How do we get parents who are always looking for communication coming out of our classroom? And here they have the communication. They have two communication streams they can look at. They can look at your communication stream as a teacher and what's happening in your classroom via your blog and the communication stream coming from their student and their students learning and what their student has been working on in class and yet we're having a hard time having parents buy into the fact that you can that this is a way to this is a way to communicate and that there is learning going on here and how do you take place in how do you become part of that learning process well I think one way that I'm going to try to get by this um, barrier problem is that I'm going to, at each parent conference, I'm going to bring up the kids' blog and, and introduce it to them and go over some of the stuff that we've done on it. Now, I don't know whether that will work or whether that will improve their ability. The other way I thought about doing it is having the kids go home and for homework, part of their project would be to show their parents their blog and go through it with them and have the parent leave a comment on that interaction or conversation that they're having. And I think that's a good start, Scott, because I think a lot of the parents, they're not familiar with this medium and they need this, these students to help walk them through it. And I think that's, there's some, almost some anxiety. Parents, I have a, only two parents are actually taking the initiative to actually get involved. And I think the students are the ones who actually are the, will be the teachers here, and they'll be the ones that can show the parents where to comment, and then they can approve it right away, and then uh, I think we'll get more viewing and comments. Um, also, I think the students need to take more initiative to yes, comment on each other. In my room, I have maybe half that, have, that are active comment, commenting on others, even though I said I, I must see two. Mm -hmm. 
And why is that? Why why is it hard to get kids to come on another kid? Are kids reading other kids? I think they are. I think they feel they uh, don't have anything useful to say. Hmm. So I, I think we need to tell them that uh, the blogs is about communication, that, that they everyone has something to add. I think it's a habit. It becomes mm. a habit and a, a learned skill, and they're just not used to it yet. Though we've been doing it for five, five months, we, we still haven't been doing it enough to get them used to that doing it every night like you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, I think it, it changes just the way things are done because, you know, prior to this, I mean, you say you've been doing it for five months, but, I mean, they've had four years of schooling, five years of schooling before they've gotten to you, and up until this point, you write a paper for Writer's Workshop, you turn it into the teacher. You never read Johnny's paper or Julie's paper. You know, I write a paper, I hand it in to you as the teacher, you give me feedback on it, and I send it back. And unless there's a sharing time in class when I'm forced to sit on the floor and listen to somebody sit in the author's chair and read me their work, I never get that interaction. And so I think you're right. I think it's a skill that we just have not taught. In fact, we've probably taught it out of the kids. Like we've said, you don't do this. You don't do this. You don't read somebody's work unless you are asked to sit on the floor and have them sit in an author's chair and read you what they wrote. And only then do you take comments on it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, well, and especially with elementary school kids, they're, they're not used to being the ones that are assessing or evaluating other people's work or their own. So they're not good at that skill. And yeah. that's, I think that's one of the skills we should be teaching our learners, that they go and they look at people's work and they say, oh, do I want anything from that? What can I take from that? And what, can, what kind of feedback should I give back to them? And they've got the authority to do that, that yeah. they're allowed to do that. That's okay, that's good. And it's a much easier, I think this is a much easier, blogging is a much easier way to do that than having them take someone's paper and look at it and mark on it, mm. you should do this, you should do that, or I like that part about your writing. So for writing, that's a, a key. Yeah. And I like your word authority, because I think you're right. I think they don't feel like they have the right yeah. to do it. I mean, they just... Don't. Yeah, it's not their job. That's not what they've had to do in the past. They haven't had to say, oh, this is good, that's bad, or oh, I want to use that, or I learned this, or I learned that. Because before, we just give them stuff. They read it. You know, here's textbook page 20, and you're going to read textbook page 20, and whatever it says on there, that's what you're going to learn today. Instead of having the kid go out and read 50 different things and pull little bits and pieces from 50 different things to to create their own learning. I don't know. And is is it a maturity thing at this level? Our kids are fifth graders at a some are. developmental level to be able to do that. Yeah, I, some are very. I very think good. it can be learned. I think that's a skill that can be and should be being focused on. Okay, and then the next question is, how do you teach it? By example. An opportunity. Just providing more opportunity. Like I'm noticing more risk taking among my young bloggers. Um, one concern, I'm changing the subject, that I have with my students, each week we write a, a critical reading response, and in the past it was private that I would write, I would praise them on something they're doing well, and I would comment on an area that they can improve on. Now that is public, so I'm commenting on them publicly, and I'm 
I'm wondering how that is playing in to their development. See, I think you can approach that two ways. I think one is you change the way you comment. Of course, the other day I was commenting on space blogs and instead of mentioning names, I just mentioned generalizations, you know, you are not doing this or you are doing this. And the other, the other thing I think is you create an atmosphere when you're doing an evaluative piece and you go, hey, I'm going to tell you what you did right and what you did wrong. And, um, and hopefully you can create an atmosphere in your classroom that they get used to that. And if they are evaluating other people's work, then hopefully they will get used to getting feedback and giving feedback and they feel okay with that. Mm. Yeah. That's very a very high step. You know, like yeah, that's a big step. Yeah, you have to have an atmosphere in your classroom. That yeah, yeah. Communication has to become open. And I don't, that's, I that's don't have that yet. I yeah. don't, my my kids aren't ready for that. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's I don't know. It's tough. And that's the part I'm struggling with. Is like I, I agree with you that you know these are the new skills that kids have to have. But then how does that translate into teaching in the classroom? And you know how do we? We know that this is what kids need to be able to do, but how do we teach them in order for them to be able to do that? You know, like I, I think that if if I'm thinking of if I'm thinking of a blog as a conversation piece, I'm thinking that when I'm evaluating what the kids are writing on the blog that is made public, we don't want to humiliate the kids. And so those are your positive feedbacks. But maybe in the classroom is where you have that feedback of you know, you throw Johnny's blog up on the board and you say, okay, today we're gonna to look at Johnny's blog and you know what you know, we're working on run on sentences. What what's the problem with Johnny's blog here? Does anybody find a run on sentence here? How could Johnny fix this sentence? You know, how you know what does what what could you've done differently to write this a little differently or write this a little bit better or or have those kind of comments maybe still be internal within the within the confines of your classroom so kids felt safe, like they weren't going to be they're not going to get that comment like, oh, by the way, you misspelled the word whatever. Because that's embarrassing. I mean, I hate it when people do that on my own on my blog, which happens quite frequently. Or not quite frequently, actually. Most A lot of people don't. Um, but it has happened. And it is. It's embarrassing when somebody has to point out a mistake that you made. Um, so I understand that. If trying to still keep that comfort zone so that kids will open up and take those risks. But at the same time, once you put it out there to the world, anybody can come along and and leave a comment like that. And that's, I can see how that would be tough. My, my kids asked me to, to put feedback on this. They, they, they said, we want, if you want us to write better, if you want us to write better blogs, um, you need to comment on our blogs. So oh, interesting. I did that. Um, now, uh, again, yeah. I put good points. Yeah. And, but I did put suggestions, or usually I phrased it as a question. Oh, good. You know, what do you think? Um, what do you think you could add to make this more interesting or things yeah. like that so. yeah. and another avenue maybe more critical helpful hints could be just a private email that won't be po posted mm. yeah follow our kids at email accounts we need to get school email accounts yeah. for the kids yeah. something that's faster than oh, gaggle I so want that I know well we're working on it we're working Oh, another way around it would be I would post one comment that 
would be the one that the child will approve, and then I could have another one that at the top says, don't publish, don't approve this. That's an interesting way. And that would be a, almost like a private email message, because mm -hmm. obviously the one the child reads it, then they will delete it, but they will have read it and learned it. That's true. So it would act like an email account. That's possible. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and then if it says don't approve, they're not going to, like, they're not going to accidentally put that out there if, uh, if it's something that might humiliate them. So Certainly not, yeah. What are concerns you're having about blogs at this point? Uh, lack of access to resources. Lack of response. Lack of response? From outside sources. Okay. I, I'm afraid my kids will get, get bored, bored no. and, you know, they, they won't see any, any return. purpose. There's no return yeah, no for mm -hmm. doing it. Because they're not getting comments from other kids around the world, or, someone, or yeah. from parents, yeah. or from anybody. Yeah, and it's even it's even hard to go and find someone else's blog and comment on it. Mm -hmm. They're finding that pretty tough to do. Difficult. Because, you know, they're <coughs> blocked, or they're you know, it's not working. Mm -hmm. That thing gets suspended every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So if we could have a blog a blog list of people that we could connect to, that yeah. would be fantastic. Well, I am in the process of creating what I'm calling the Global Student Blogging Network. And basically what it'll be is it'll be a wiki where any student, and it'll be totally student-driven, students can come to the wiki page and they will be able to add their own blog address. And the wiki is set up in two different formats. You can either put your blog under a subject title, if you're, if you're a subject blog, or you could put it under a... Uh, grade level. So like all of you guys, you could send your kids there and once I get the site finished, we'll send all your kids there. They can click on fifth grade, they can go in and they'll write uh, the country that they're from and then they just copy and paste their web address in there and then they put the last time that their blog was updated or, the la or when they added their blog to the page. And that way we can keep, you know, see who's relevant, who's not. And as you come along, if you find a blog that's been moved or deleted, then anybody can delete that from the list. But that way, I think, would be a great way for kids to be able to go to that website. They could click on, you know, they could go to the fifth grade page, and there will be a list of fifth graders around the world who are blogging, and they can just click randomly, you know, I want to I don't want to see what a kid in the U.S. has to say or a kid in Chile wants to say or, or whatever and go through it that way. Now, I'm assuming this will be quite successful. It would be really great if you could have a, a field or a, a tag where a child or a class can say they're interested in space, books and poetry and soccer so then it will allow another student to quickly match up with another student mm, they could almost do a search they could do a search on the wiki for keywords it would be, it, or if possible do a search of those blogs they could somehow make a search engine mm. within those blogs that yeah. if I typed in soccer I would get all the people who are right who have used the word soccer in their blog and then yeah. I can go visit those individuals yeah. I am in the process, I actually have an 8th grade girl who's making the little logo for the site, and that logo will be able to be like, we use WordPress, and that logo will have the little bit of coding next to it, so after your kid adds the adds their feed, they can copy and paste that into their sidebar widget, and it'll say, this blog belongs to the Global Blogging Student Network, so if other kids come along, they see that you know they can click there and say, and it'll be cool for the kids to say they belong to a network mm -hmm. of bloggers, of these student bloggers, and I... I figured, I mean, I know kindergarten classes that are blogging. There's a first grade class over in Pushi that's blogging now. And clear up to seniors. I mean, so you could have a whole range where, like you're saying, 
because you guys are now studying space, you could, I mean, you might be visiting space blogs, but they could be written by ninth graders or by third graders or by who knows, you know, can come along and, and I wanted it. to do, um, uh, when we were doing mixtures and solutions, I wanted to have my kids make a question up and have the high schoolers answer that question, the chemistry question. Yeah. Now, we couldn't do it this year, but hopefully yeah. it will be. Yeah. And that, yeah, and that's something I'm just finding because I know, like you say, Cody, that you even signed up for ePals and tried to find yeah. somebody through ePals to do that, and it's just so hard to to find people that are you know that are studying something or that are that are active. I mean, I come across a ton of blogs when I'm out there looking for student blogs that haven't been blogged about since you know 2003 or 2005, yeah. and they're exactly. still out there and they're just not active. So I mean, that that becomes that becomes an issue, you know, keeping the blogs active. One thing I do like about blogs. It allows a child to interact with someone who's of their sort of intelligence level. So there could be a really smart fifth grader, and he could be carrying on a very good conversation with some middle school students, or even possibly a grade nine student, who's interested in what he's writing about. Mm. Like that one student in my room, I won't name who he is, but he was picked up, and uh, assumed there were 12 people who had linked into him. And this was he was he was extremely excited when he came back the next day. It was just like a Tsunami that went through the room. Everyone knew about it, and we were—they were all talking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's when it gets exciting. Hopefully, I think we get a few more of those kind of hits. Yeah, it's that's when the, the magical yeah. momentum will keep going, and we need to keep that that ball rolling. And that's it, trying to find those hits. I mean, how do you how do you get traffic to your blog? And that I mean, and that's what it comes down to. How do you have how do you get traffic to your blog? And that might be a good conversation to have in your classroom. You know, I mean, as a question, let as them, a question, let yeah. them figure out how do you get people to find you. You know, what do you need to do? You know, and one of the one of the biggest way is to go leave comments where you leave behind your address. I mean, that is a huge way to have people come back and visit you and start commenting on other blogs. I have one of the one of the eighth graders has been commenting like he he has gone to my blog and he's gone down my blog roll and he's gone and looked at other teachers. And he's commented on a couple other teachers around the world who have blogged about stuff that they're writing about or like they post problems about something. And here's this eighth grader commenting and he always leaves behind his link. Well, now his blog, his little cluster map, that stupid little cluster map of his is starting to fill up because, of course, somebody picks it up or somebody else goes and reads that blog and clicks on that comment <clears throat> wanting to know who this person is. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's part of it. But I think it is a good question to post to your kids because now you're talking, and it's almost a business model. You know, you have a storefront. Here's your store. Here's your product. How do you get people to come to you? How do you get people to find you? I think that's a good question to ask your kids because that's what it's about, driving traffic to your blog. That's a good one. I like that. So I guess the other question we have to ask ourselves is, and how do we control that traffic? And that's... That's all right. It's a YouTube video about space. It's all good. Um, what? Yeah, and I think the problem is, is that's that's where a lot of people start, and that's where the fear stops people, and it has stopped a lot of school districts and a lot of teachers, because we want the traffic and we want kids to feel that energy that comes from the connectiveness from the conversation. Yet, how do you control it once it comes? And I think the only way to do that is by 
having learners that are informed and know how to deal with that information. I agree. I agree. It's new skills that need to be taught. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. So uh, real quick, we'll finish up. Just what are you working on today? What did you learn today in our little session here about blogging that you added to your blog or that you're playing with or that you're thinking about as we leave here today? Jacob, we'll start with you. Um, linking um, Flickr photos to my blog page. And another cool thing that I've learned today is how to um, get a, a, a YouTube video link onto my blog. Very cool. And getting uh, kids to post there and post and respond to videos that they that, that I've posted on, on my Yeah, and I think you'll, that brings a whole other degree yeah, to blogging. Yeah. You know, when you have multimedia in there now, yeah, you, know, you can, you can awesome. embed, embed video right in. Scott? It's cool. A lot more ways to link to my blog page uh, than YouTube, Flickr, those type of things. Um, also, I learned, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Digo. Digo. Um, and how to use that and use that hopefully better than I have been. Cool. Inserting the uh, multimedia into the blogs, the kids can see it and hopefully find stuff on their own and put it into theirs. Yeah, because kids can do it too. Yeah, That'd be great. Simple, once you know how. Yeah, once you know and how. And then it improves their researching and finding something appropriate that deals with what they're talking about out there on the web. Mm -hmm. Cool. Similar to what Jake was saying, the YouTube and a flicker, being able to control the different pictures that are coming in, and uh, automating it so it's dynamic, then I don't have to worry about it anymore. I can just grab link right to the school's uh, choice pictures, mm -hmm. and um, customizing my blog role, making it much more fine um, and inviting. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, we just worked a lot today on, on getting. What's your thoughts on YouTube? It's good. Massive. Yeah. Massive, yeah. Yeah. Just endless. Endless wealth of information. And so many schools, and this is one of the things that I find so fascinating, so many schools are blocking it. And there is some bad stuff out there. I mean, we watched but a couple videos today that like were hilarious. Internet, though, you know, everything, the kids have to be able to, in this day and age, start to be able to monitor themselves in a way, too, because you can't protect them from everything. Yeah. Even I, if they go to, even just blogging, depending on what kind of blog site they end up on. It can be appropriate language, and they just have to accept that that's one of the things that's out on the net because it's not controlled, it's not regulated. I agree. It's a free flow of information. That's right. You got to learn to manage it. Yeah. You got to learn to look the other way. A lot of times. And to shape it. And to shape it the way you want it. There you go. I like that. Shape your own information. All right. Well, thank you for the conversation. And uh... thanks, guys.